0: Welcome to The Real Life Show, Living with a Chronic Illness. We are your hosts, Cassie and Chelsea. I'm Cassie, a single mom living with a chronic illness who is extremely passionate about living a full and happy life.
1: And I'm Chelsea, a mindset coach that has a passion for helping people learn to put themselves first and be the best version of themselves each and every day.
0: We came together to create Spoonies Unite, an uplifting community that offers resources, guidance, and support so you can live your best life while giving you the space to be yourself, be heard, and feel understood. We hope that by providing education from experts, we help Spoonies and their loved ones thrive. This show is not only for those who live with
1: a chronic illness, but their friends, family, spouses, and just anyone else existing on the earth. Our goal is to normalizing having a chronic illness by sharing the real stories with real people and show the world how relatable those everyday struggles can be.
0: There's a little something in here for everyone. And of course, thank you to our patrons for your continued support making this possible. If you love our show and want to get some extra goodies, go to patreon.com slash therealspooniesunite. Enjoy the show!
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of The Real Life Show, Living with a Chronic Illness. Today, Cassie and I have a special guest with us, Denise Dops. Hi, Denise.
2: Hey there. Thanks for having me.
1: Will you start by telling our listeners who you are and what has gotten you to where you are today?
2: That's right. Well, thank you. Um, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on here because I do follow you ladies. and it's interesting that um, I have stage four colon cancer and this whole journey started maybe, a, maybe a year ago. I, you know, I, I didn't have major symptoms, but I always had, you know, like pain after eating or certain foods didn't set with me well. So um You know, I had followed you guys because I thought maybe I had something chronically going on with me. So I was following you and doing research and, you know, really diving into what you ladies were doing. So to be on here, it feels like it's so full circle because I did almost start this discovery process, you know, at your feet here, trying to figure out, trying to educate myself on what was happening um, with my intestines. So um, I'm a chiropractor, so I'm naturally health-minded in general, and I, you know, I'm active, I eat well, I'm vegan, I'm gluten-free, I do that just by choice, but greasy foods and things like that never really settled with me well, and then last year I traveled a lot for um, both pleasure and business, and I was in China for a business trip, and we were there Um, as guests to a company who, um, you know, had us there for two weeks and a big part of what we were doing was socializing with locals and they fed us so well, but the food is different and they eat a lot. Mm -hmm. So it was the whole time there. I was just almost miserable after three days. I was like, I can't eat anymore. This food is upsetting my stomach. Um, i'm not even it's it's getting to the point where like i don't even want to eat anymore so when we got back from Mm -hmm. china i started thinking maybe i have um you know like colitis or something i don't i just i -hmm. couldn't put my finger on it and none of the symptoms really like added up um and it was nothing major so i just started juicing doing some of the things i'd done in the past like just getting on a juice cleanse doing you know more intermittent fasting things like that and that did help a bit Mm -hmm. but you know by christmas time i would just hadn't i still kind of hadn't recovered from that and i was still feeling like when i ate it was a struggle to get anything down and then by the time you know like i just was having pain cramps and it just didn't it just didn't feel right i could tell my body was off so come January, I decided to go get it checked out. Um, and I actually had been talking to my husband about this and researching, like I said, you girls and, um, I came across colon cancer and I said, I am so afraid I have colon cancer. Like, that's so crazy. Like for me to even say, mm-hmm. and I know I sound like I'm crazy, but I'm, I just am afraid that's what I have. Um, because I was having like just pain and um there wasn't like a lot of symptoms but like under the list of symptoms it's like you don't really have any symptoms unless it's bad so I thought well this could fit this could fit oh, interesting. because I was gluten-free and I thought well I don't have celiac because I'm not even in taking any gluten mm-hmm. so you know so I went to the doctor and she did a ton of tests on me she checked stool samples and blood work and she was really diligent about everything and said, you know what, let's just go ahead and get a scope because even though this isn't like, it's normally is not something you would do until you're 45. And I I was 40 Mm -hmm. at the time. Let's just go for it. So we went in for a scope and it was July or no, I'm sorry, not July. It was February 13th. And Um, I remember it was the day before Valentine's Day because that weekend my husband and I had a Valentine's Day weekend um, planned and we went in and um, I went in for the scope the whole lead up to the scope was terrible I don't know if you guys have ever yeah you get them a lot I'm sure don't you
0: I've had four yeah I've had four it's (laughs) awful
2: and I feel like
0: like it's no. awful, and like other people, I feel like who don't have a gut disorder or like who end up getting a colonoscopy and find out. And I'm like, no, the prep is horrible. But again, that's like <laughs> coming from someone who does have a gut issue. And my very first one before I got my diagnosis, it was like hell. And I was like, I remember my mother-in-law had had one for her like fiftieth, um, being fifty, and um, hers was, she's like, Oh no, it's not a big deal. And so, yeah, it was like, no, it's a fucking big deal. And then I was like, why? <laughs> and then of course I got a really bad diagnosis. So I sympathize. So yeah, the prep leading up is miserable, which I feel like has got to yes, be some kind of a bad sign. Have... <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Especially if you have the, you know, the issues with, you know, your colon's not functioning properly, then, you know, yeah, it's going to be a lot harder. So I had, I couldn't like during mine, I don't know how yours was. So for a colon prep for those, I'm sure everybody listening knows what that is. Cause they're probably listening cause they're in a situation like us, but it's, you drink like, is it Miralax? And then you take Ducalax at the same time. So your stool softener and, uh, oh. something like that. It was bad. Yeah. So I, like, I couldn't, like, I couldn't use the restroom. I was like, growing up and like it couldn't go mm-hmm. and finally it worked and my doctor was like just come in we'll just we'll work with you but um mm-hmm. we got in that morning and, you know it's just like I got poked with the needle I looked down and I was like oh I'm getting used to getting lab work like <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> by four times I had a blood draw at the time now <laughs> I'm like whatever just I've got a port in, you know, so yeah, it's it's funny how perspective is when you go into something mm-hmm. like that, you just think like it's just all consuming, and then it's really when if they find something that is really just the most simple test you can have, and like the most basic stuff that they do to you is just you know like the colonoscopy, so yeah anyway, they woke me up from it, and I saw the doctor come and and my husband was with him and I was just expecting to hear that, you know, I had like a colitis or, um, something, some sort of like autoimmune. Mm-hmm. And, um, he said, well, we found a tumor in your colon and, um, it's cancer and, uh, we couldn't get past it. We couldn't get the scope past it. It was so big. Oh, shit. I was like, wow, that's bad. And then my doctor came in, my um, my primary care doctor, and she just started praying because she's amazing. And you know, I was just like, you know, crying. And it's like, okay. And she, you know, we were like, well, it could, you know, it could possibly be something else still. Let's get the labs back before we get too freaked out. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that was like a Thursday or something, or like maybe a Friday. But um, maybe it was a Friday. And I didn't hear until Monday whether or not it was cancer, but it obviously Ugh. it was. And it was, it was like I said, so big they couldn't even get past it. They couldn't tell how big it was. They just knew that the opening was so small, which was why I was having so many problems in China when I was eating so much that I just didn't have the space in my colon for mm-hmm. everything to get through. So mm-hmm. it was just tightened down. Um, so that weekend, my husband and I had. Um, it was the weekend that here in Wichita, um, there was a country concert. Um, Jason Aldean, I think was here in town. Is that how you say it? I'm not a country listener, but we were like, we're going to this concert because he's really good. So, um, we went down there and it's country music and my husband and I just cried the whole time. Cause you know, country music concert because of what we were going through and the possibility of me having cancer. Um, but it was, it was we look back and kind of laugh like we probably should not have went to a colon or a a country concert after we find out i might have colon cancer but (laughs) a concert i know we should make that a thing (laughs) so it was you know after that we just kind of started in the process and then you know covid hit and you know it it was just a lot going on this year but you know, we're working our way through it, and I am doing a lot of alternative therapies, which is good. And chemotherapy is one of those. Um, and then next week, I go to Mayo Clinic to, to try to take out the tumors that are in my liver. From So the, the cancer started in the colon, and then it moved to um, the lymph nodes, which moved it all around my body and landed in the liver, um, it's usually the first place it goes and then the lungs and then the brain, um, it can head there too. So it's just in the liver right now. So we're hoping that we can remove those tumors. And if we have a hundred percent success rate on removing all of the cells that were in my liver and we've got all the ones out of my colon already from a, from a surgery that we had in March, then I will consider be considered cancer free, but that is still oh only gosh. a 50, 50 chance that it won't kill in cancer. Like it's one of the hardest ones. My doctor mm-hmm. says this is a non-curable cancer. So you have to, you know, just keep that in mind. Don't get too excited if we can't mm-hmm. find anything. So <laughs> like, I'm getting excited. Gosh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, holy shit. I mean, that's just like, and I remember seeing that your, wasn't your first chemotherapy appointment pushed back because of COVID too? Yes. yes. Yeah. We
2: had a huge, huge issue. I got my colon resection where they took the tumor out and it was the size of like a fist. We had that removed on March 5th. And then the week later is when the whole, the COVID shutdown started happening. So we were lucky to get in before that so I could have visitors at the hospital Um, But then we were just delayed for weeks just because Mm -hmm. nobody knew. We thought this was just going to be a two or three week thing. Mm -hmm. Nobody really knew. And then come May, um, my doctor said, we're going to just have to chance it and get you started because my immune system isn't very strong. My white blood cells are low because of the chemotherapy. And if I get COVID, it could definitely be fatal for me. Um, mm-hmm. so we're just super careful about any exposure. And I'm not usually like that. My, I have total faith in my body healing itself. And I have total faith that if something happened, if my kids, you know, get the flu or anything like that, my body can recover or their bodies can recover. But with this, we just don't want to add insult to injury really, and mm-hmm. have more, more things to, you know, try to navigate through on top of colon answer. so we're kind of we wear the masks and we go. We're doing homeschool this year with our kids, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. having well, the make choices to that I would normally make.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like you know, you, you are you're fighting this, and so you know, why not like stir the pot with like you were saying, like added exposure, potentially mm-hmm. getting it because you're already like you're fighting it, you're doing it. And so will Mm -hmm. you share a little bit about, um, because now I'm not entirely sure if I'm going to be saying this is the right thing, but don't you, do you have a hyperbaric chamber?
2: Yes. Yes. So thank goodness. Um, my, my husband's dad had, he had purchased a hyperbaric chamber a while back for a therapy for his office. He's a chiropractor as well. And I hadn't really used it very much, but when we found out that, I had cancer. My husband called him and said, "We need to get her, you know, in your office using this, just because it pushes oxygen into your cells at a, a more intense rate, which can help with healing." Okay. So he said, "Absolutely not. We're bring it to your house, and you're just going to do it." So I did it twice a day right after surgery to help recover with surgery, and then now I do it just once a day for an hour, and that's one of the things that I'm doing. Um, And it's been super helpful. And in there I do meditation exercises. So that time is doubled up with meditation. Um, And then I've been doing the sauna, um, infrared sauna and just a regular sauna, heat sauna, which is good. Um, I also do, um, have you heard of the Rife? Have you heard of a Rife machine before where it uses light therapy? No. Um, to break up different tumors and things. I don't know much about it. My husband, I kind of made him manager of my case because I just wanted to focus on what I could handle, which was like my emotional state and my physical yeah. state. And just, I will do the things. If you kind of set, set the vitamins in front of me, I'll take them, set the yeah. therapy in front of me and I'll do it. So he's been doing tons of research and he came across what's called the Rife machine. And I think, um. It was einstein who said this is like a spooky science because it's it's like quantum physics level type um, science where waves turn into light waves can turn into sound waves and that vibrates at a certain frequency it's like the 11th harmonic so if you know anything about music it's like this 11th harmonic which i don't quite understand it but it's um it's like when you, you know, when you sing and you can break glass, it's kind of like that. They went through different, different frequencies to find out which ones broke up cancer. And they have certain like sound waves that can be sent out for different types of cancer. So you purchase this, like, it looks like a, it's like a light ball and a computer send you know the the wave information to the light bulb, and then you can either you know some people hang them up in the room. I just on you know where my liver is focusing on right now, and and then you know sometime in the night when I turn over, I'll check to see if it's off, and then I'll just kind of set it off to the side. But I sleep with it every night, so it's wow. really amazing technology. Um, that's one thing that I do, and then what else am I doing? I do the hyperbaric. I do a a lot of exercise if I can, if I have the energy chemotherapy, which when I went through my first chemotherapy, um, session, they said that I had an enzyme in my liver that processed it slower. So I got hit so hard my first round that it just took everything out of me. But my it affected the cancer in a big way. Like it wow. nearly killed me, but it also <laughs> killed a lot of cancer. So they said, we need to back down the dose. We need to slow it down a bit. So that was another thing that helped. Um, and then I do vitamin C injections, um, you know, out at the Reardon clinic, which has been great. And then even like mistletoe injections into my stomach. I don't know if you guys have heard of any of that. Mm-hmm. Oh
0: yeah. I saw that you were doing that and I had very briefly, heard something about mistletoe injections. will you share a little bit of what you know about that too because that is like really interesting kind of it's kind of a new it seems like it's like ancient thing that is now being brought about again
2: yeah, well, in some countries they do that automatically every time, along with chemo they just do it, but for some reason here in the states they don't so it is definitely like considered an alternative therapy for cancer. Um, but what it does is since mistletoe it, like evokes a, an allergic reaction, so it increases your immune system by a ton. So you do the injections into your stomach and your body, like the immune response just ramps up in a big way. So then when your immune response ramps up, it fights the cancer at a higher rate. Um, Some people don't have any response to it. I had pretty good response, but now I'm kind of like, I've hit like a threshold where it's not really, I'm not really responding to it anymore. And I would have to do like intravenous injections, which you have to do that Mm. in Kansas City and traveling right Mm. now is just very difficult. So we're just holding off on that one. But when I was doing it, it was helping. And I was doing a lot of these things before I was able to do chemotherapy, just to try to hold off the cancer from getting from growing or even moving from the liver to the lungs or wherever it was going to go next. So one question
1: I have for you, Denise, is the fact that like you've mentioned earlier, how you've always trusted your body to heal and kind of take care of you. So you mentioned that you've been doing like a lot of meditation and kind of working on working through those emotions. What was that like for you to have, have that belief of my body will always take care of me and then to get a diagnosis of cancer?
2: Mm, That's such a great question because that's one of the things I struggle with. My, my core philosophy is that healing happens from above down inside out. And I know that, I have to access a higher power to heal and allow my body to do that. So I, you know, I completely trust, you know, my body and I'm, I did not support it in some way. And that's why this happened. So even though I'm, my diet is great and whatever else was balanced in my body, there was some area where I was allowed to build up toxins And I, since diet wasn't, of course, I've cut sugar out now. So my diet's even more strict and vegan, gluten-free and sugar-free now. Mm -hmm. But that I don't feel like was all of it. So I really tried to tap more into like the emotional mental side of things. I'm just kind of a, I, I don't know, I just don't really like to feel my emotions too much. I don't like to sit down and just have an emotional pow wow or anything i've never done counseling or anything like that i've done a lot of self-improvement but when it comes down to like you know why i get stressed out and things i don't really dissect that too much so i knew that that was a big key component to where toxins were getting in it's just like thoughts and and processing stress Mm -hmm. so you know, usually I would just like work out if I was stressed, but I didn't really consider like why it was coming up. So, I've been doing um, Reiki sessions, which um, I can't think of how many I've done now. But I usually I did it every time after chemotherapy, and then um, usually maybe twice a month or once a week if if I can get it in. But um, I in the <sighs> the body's energy, i just don't know much about it and i just wasn't really sure about how reiki worked or how like chakras worked and all of that um i'm more of like a you know science Mm -hmm. science is just everything with the body but if you really dig into it some of this energy work does have some pretty good scientific backing to it so after I saw that and after I had a few sessions I could feel a difference and I really just allowed you know allowed myself to to just you know let that energy work whatever it is so one session I I have like the best therapist too She's just. And it's not what she does. She's a a massage therapist and this is kind of like, she, this is an add on or something you can do also. So it's not like she just mainly focuses on Reiki, but she Mm -hmm. is so, she's just so gifted. I can feel it. And I've been to two different ones. So I know that. And the other one I've been to is a very talented, she teaches it. She, this is her whole thing. This is all she does. And
0: she Mm -hmm. has, you know,
2: crystals and all of the things. And, um, my favorite one though she's just kind of like you know she just has a natural gift anyway one session um i was you know sitting in there you know just going through it and i was able to fall into meditation really quickly and to stay focused and she said and she always says this you know just release what is no longer serving you so you know i was visualizing um you know me like burying something into the ground like almost like um like sin or like a like the things that we feel guilty about you know just like i can't hang on to that so like i buried that into the ground and then i saw god turning that into a tree and that tree like shading people and and being a gift to other people And you know, to me, that symbolized like, yeah, like even like the bad parts of our stuff that we hate and that we just can't let go of, like that still can be a gift to other people through you know mediums like podcasts and things like that. I would assume, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, as that you know, the tree was like shading other people. Like I heard, you know, like the question, like why do you feel like you shouldn't be alive? And I was just like, no, sorry. Like, I feel like I'm very confident. I'm very happy to be alive. I love my life. I love my family. I love, you know, where I'm at and and everything about my life. You know, I don't, there's no reason I don't want to be alive. But then I was like, well, the question came up. So let's let's dig into it. And this is like the first like couple of minutes and I was already crying because of the tree. And um you know of course my therapist didn't she just does her thing she's so good and um and this is all happening silently and I thought okay so think back why don't I feel like I should be alive and then I remember when I was a teenager getting in a fight with my mom and she said I wish you were never born and it's still yeah it's still kind of like because you know like being a parent of a teenager that's so hard and I wasn't an easy teenager so I know like hearing like hearing her say that in my mind now I'm like it's I totally get where she was coming from she worked full-time she you know my both of my parents worked very hard to provide for us a good home so she probably came home from work and I you know was being a total brat and she just couldn't handle me at the time and Anyway, so I was, I remember hearing that, and I just totally forgot, I had forgotten about that moment, and, you know, me being just, like, a non-emotional person, and just bearing that away, and never, never dealing with that, or addressing that with her, or self even started crying during the session and just like oh that's that's a big a big point in the alive and then I heard God say it's not her choice whether you're alive or if if you should be here it's my choice wow yeah Wow. <laughs> you know God saying that and even if she had said like I wish you were never born in the heat of the moment like she can't she doesn't have that call so like i knew at that point you know i that had to be the answer and that had to be what was going on with like Mm -hmm. some of those toxic thoughts and those that stress that i hang on to of, of perfection and trying to be something you know to be um you know good enough and um that really unraveled a ton a ton of stuff inside my my head and i and I haven't addressed it with my mom or anything after this. At that point in my mind, I knew I couldn't ever tell her that because she would most likely hang on to that guilt, and then that would make me feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, I think it, it sounds
0: like a breakthrough moment, kind yeah. of.
2: Yeah. Oh, it absolutely was, and, and then I. Know. I, mm-hmm.
1: I would say, like for. I was talking to my mom, um, about that. Cause like, I've been trying to do a lot of like personal development, self-help stuff too. Yeah. And I am like, I have this deep rooted fear of like making mistakes. And my, I was telling my mom about it and she was like, yeah. did I pass that on to you? Cause my mom is very similar in that aspect. And, and my mom is probably listening to this right now
2: <laughs> when it comes <laughs> out. <laughs> I mean, um,
1: I'm so a she, parent.
2: I totally get yeah.
1: it. But I, I, I remember just like telling my mom, it's not that, it's not that she passed it to me on purpose, and I think that there's just some things as parents, like you, you cannot be perfect. You cannot raise your child in this perfect bubble of a world. You, I mean, there's gonna be like small traumas that you pass on to them in some way or another, and you oh, can't, absolutely. you can't stop it from happening. Mm-hmm. And it's not that necessarily, like it's, it's not. I mean, as a parent, you probably don't want to tell your kids, like, oh, I wish you were never born. But sometimes stuff ha- like comes out, and it's not necessarily all your mom's fault that she said it. And it's also not all your fault that you held onto it for so long. It's just part of life and learning mm-hmm. to work through things on the multiple different levels because our bodies and our minds and our souls hold on to things in just different ways.
2: Mm, that's so true. And they're so interconnected and it- that something that toxic to be said to somebody can cause cancer. I mean, that's a true, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a true thing.
0: I I remember um, going to a session with one of, um, I don't remember if when we were in sessions together, Denise or not, but my mom was an acupuncturist while I was growing up. And so I was around the like alternative medicine forever. And one of her um, apprentices also does kind of intuitive body work and she is just really gifted Like, it sounds like this woman that you're going to is. And I remember going to her maybe like a year or two after my diagnosis and I wasn't really improving a lot. I was on um, an immune suppressant, which is also classified as a chemo drug. And it was making me super Mm -hmm. sick. I was losing a lot of hair. I just felt like shit all the time. And I remember her um, kind of like, and my disease wasn't improving. And I kind of remember her saying like, what are you doing to contribute to, to this disease. And like, initially I was kind of like, um, fucking nothing. I'm eating great. I'm doing all the medicine. You know, this is like happening to me. I'm not doing this, you know, I'm fighting this. And there was a moment where she was like, you know, they kind of talk about in Chinese medicine and now it's becoming more actually, um, in like everyday talk about how the gut is such a part of your emotional system, your immune system, everything. And so she's like, what have you been taking on, burying down, and it's just sitting there and stirring and making you sick? And it was like, it was really hard to hear that. And um, I kind of ended up realizing that a lot of my grief from my mom passing away was a huge thing that I definitely buried down there. And then I was in a very unhappy marriage that was really not good for me, and so I was kind of like, okay, I guess I'm contributing by like not, you know, taking myself out or dealing. So, I, um, I definitely like agree that there is something huge to that, and I think that's a huge moment that you had. And this woman sounds super gifted, and especially um, with like watching your journey with social media, it did sort of seem like recently ish that you had this like turn and so this must have been part of that like you said it's part of your journey it's part of your story
2: it's definitely been a turning Mm -hmm. point and i it's it's amazing how many toxic things we let in and we'll protect ourselves from or that we're aware of you know physically like food you know we're constantly you know i know you guys are in the same situation where you're protecting mm-hmm. your bodies from certain foods and certain toxins, but we're not trying, we're not checking the emotional side of it and making sure that 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 part of it is being taken care of, because you can get sick from you know traumas like a physical thing, um, mm-hmm. toxins like food that are bad or alcohol, or even you know your emotions like that. So. It was a, it was a big turning point for me. And when we woke up from that session, she said, I feel like you need to, there's something going on with your mother. And I hadn't said anything. I just was like, you know, crying. I was like, that's, and it's stuff like that all the time. This last one, I had a session. Oh, uh, last Thursday and I was just visualizing green. And she was like, your green chakra was, you know, acting, you know, it was, it was active today. And I was like, that's crazy. I didn't want to sound yes. like a crazy person, but I was visualizing green, like what is going on? So it's, that's there's crazy. something too, I know. And the energy is like the thoughts that we send out is, is a physical energy that mm-hmm. we're sending to our body. And it was a changing point for sure. I've had was- my latest pet scan. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, no. Sorry. Go ahead. Your latest PET scan.
2: Pardon the interruption,
1: but Cassie and I want to make sure that you know about this amazing resource that we are so excited to be able to offer you guys. We put our heads together and Cassie and I created our Mastering Energy Management Workbook. It is a 21-day workbook designed to get you in touch with your energy, what you really want in your life, and then give you tools to actually make that freaking happen. Cassie and I have gone through this process ourselves multiple times, and each time we learn something new and we get a little bit more in touch with ourselves and our energy levels. You can find our workbook on Amazon for either a Kindle copy or a paperback copy, and the link will be in the show notes. We also have 21 days of podcasts going through each day of the workbook. So if you want to get an idea of what we're talking about, make sure to check those out on our podcast.
2: Now back to the show. My latest PET scan didn't show any cancer anywhere in my body. So um, it's not as, you know, the first one I had only showed one spot in my liver and then they did a closer look and there was four. So we need to do a closer look on the liver. Yeah. But right now it's not showing any. So I'm just grateful that. How are you
0: feeling? Like, how do you feel these days?
2: Um, I'm feeling pretty good between um i took a break on chemo because i'm going in for surgery next week at the mayo clinic to to remove any tumors that are left in the liver but i mean after chemotherapy it really messes with you from like Mm -hmm. my voice to everything so and my energy levels aren't good but you know i've always you know from the beginning of this just trusted my body and just knew that it was going to be okay no matter what happens um i just i just have faith that whatever this is this is the way it's supposed to be because this is how it happened mm-hmm. and i just knew that that this is how it would be so i came into this with an incredible amount of peace i mean i wasn't terribly happy with it i'm really the hardest part is, is thinking that I might not be able to be here for my kids someday when they grow up. That's the hardest Mm -hmm. thing. Um, but I'm not going to feel that, you know, it'll be my kids. So that's why Mm -hmm. it's hard. I would rather take that pain on, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm emotionally balanced more than I ever have been. And I, the physical stuff I know will come back and I'll be okay. But, um, I've never been one to say like F cancer or like screw this or anything. Mm -hmm. I've, I've just known that this is my journey and this is my path and I'm going to accept it and I'm going to do everything I can with integrity and try to help others in the process. So I think the physical side of it is the least of it for sure. Even though it's not easy, as you know, (laughs) as you well know, Losing the hair and all of that. It's not fun, but,
0: but it's still not even like, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, I know that, um, like when they had me start that medication and told me that it was like a chemotherapy drug, I kind of like felt like a fraud saying that because I'm like, but it's not the same as like having cancer. And I learned obviously that when you have cancer, like you're having really high doses of Mm -hmm. the medication, which is what makes you so ill. And then, um, you know, from, from the chemotherapy treatments. And it was really interesting because I went in with, um, so I, I do believe in like intuition and kind of like that gut feeling and energies and stuff. And when I moved back to Wichita, I was looking for a therapist, a counselor, and I just went on to like my insurance and who's covered. And I like scroll through the list and I just had like a good feeling about one. (laughs) I was like, I feel good about this one. And I like scheduled an appointment, yeah. And I scheduled an appointment, I went in and um, she does, the way that she did it is like, first we just do an appointment to see if we each feel as though we're a good fit, then we decide to move on. In that first session, it turned out that she had had kidney cancer And, um, the drug that she was on for her kidney cancer was the drug that I was on for my Crohn's. And I was just like, kind of like jaw dropped because, and I just started crying because I was like, Oh my God, like you get it. All these side effects that I have on this medication, I don't have to explain anymore. You get it. You've been on this drug. And she was the first person I'd met who'd been on it. And, but obviously hers were like much higher doses more frequency, so you know, it made her like even more sick, but it was just um, it was kind of an I mean, it was a spoken bond, but it was an unspoken bond of like, oh my god, like you get it. And it was a anyway, so she's been my counselor now for two years because she is kind of like around our age, and um, Denise between kind of like between years of mine, and she has gone through cancer and she has, you know, a child and it's just kind of, she's been able to help me um, accept my illness and grow in a way that I don't know that I could have done with another therapist or counselor because she's been through it. And. Um, Absolutely. There's
2: yeah. I know exactly what you mean. When you say if you meet somebody who's been through that, it's, it's just different. It's kind of like if somebody, you know, went to the same school almost it's yeah. just, it feels like it is it's I know. definitely it's um it's uh, you can't explain it and you can explain the mm-hmm. symptoms but you mm-hmm. know until you go through the process of like losing your hair and and people say oh it's not noticeable but it's still like well it's still kind of like not I mean it's more than that like like it's this like- is like taking who that's stripping you down like, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it's way. like,
0: I remember getting in the shower and then, you know, when you like squeeze the conditioner out and you kind of like take that like l- little bit of hair that's falling out and then just being like, what the fuck? And then I remember like putting my hair into like ponytails and it was like the thinnest, smallest little ponytail. And I was like, what happened? Cause I have really thick hair. And, um, anyways, it, it, I I kind of, I, I definitely view things in the same way as you as like, this is the path. This is the journey. And that's part of the reason I wanted you on the show too, is like watching your journey. It felt very much like you were wanting to help others as much as you can along the road. And it did feel like I never got that sense that you were like, fuck cancer, screw this or whatever. You were like, this is part of my journey now. This is 2020 for me, which basically like- I mean, we see all these memes of 2020 being like the shit and then like, like not, not the good shit, like, Oh, this is good shit, but like the shit. And it's like, (laughs) yours is like times 10 of, okay, Uh 2020 was not what you were expecting it to be. (laughs) And, but you've handled it with such grace and like inspiration and really, um, that's something that I definitely recognized following your journey that way that, um, you know so even with you saying that that's kind of like how you've tried to accept it and continue on it shows big time you know we can all well, kind of feel it and i see
2: that in you ladies too and i you know birds of a feather for sure here because you know like i said i i've followed you guys from the beginning of this mm-hmm. thinking like this is something that you guys have been working towards and you've dedicated a big part of your life mm-hmm. to helping others in this way so and it was a big help for me. So it was, it's good to, it's good to be on here and then, you know, see that you're accepting of, of your lifestyle and you're here to help others and like having, being a victim has never helped anybody. So Mm -hmm. like, we probably should just not even go there. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I try to teach Mm -hmm. that to my kids too, that this is you know, life isn't fair. It's not you, but we were born in the United States and that's a pretty big advantage for what we have. So
0: that is true. Yeah, that is true. And like, and then also just for kind of our listeners, like, uh, Denise was a Pilates client of mine last year, mostly, but we only did like a few sessions together, but we kind of just clicked personality with your friend, Maddie. And yeah. it was just like giggling, and then it was kind of like I remember you were gonna like set me up on a date, and I was like, "Yeah, yes. like you guys are like, <laughs> yeah, like I was like, if you if you like them, I'm gonna like them." So there was kind of uh, a like right away fun. sort of click, you know, in personality, and so um, it was sort of like you know, even though we did a few sessions, I was like, we're instant friends.
2: <laughs> and know. um, I loved it. You're tough. You're a tough
0: <laughs> instructor. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have yeah. to get you in the studio for sure. Um, but yeah, it's and I'm excited to kind of share with you too on on here, like, and we may, you know, we might edit this out or whatever, Chelsea, depending on when it's airing. But we, Chelsea and I are also setting up a nonprofit. And um That's
2: exciting. I'm so proud Oh my gosh. Of you.
0: Thank you. We are like so excited about it. We're just waiting. Um, we put in our application like three months ago, and it's like three to eight months to hear back from the IRS. It's probably going to be eight
1: months. It's down bacon on eight months. <laughs> it this could This time
0: be.
2: of year, I can't, or this year, I can't. This year, this I this can't year. Go I like, it's going to be
0: eight months. It might, <laughs> might even time. be longer. It might be longer. But it could be, it could but be we're so excited about it because um, we really want to help pay for all of those kind of like alternative medical treatments for the chronically ill, because even like with you balancing cancer... Or balancing, (laughs) battling is what I meant to say, battling cancer. It's like, you know, um, the vitamin C, the hyperbaric chamber, the Reiki, the massage, like all of that supports your body to handle those really hardcore drugs and to strengthen you to like fight the disease. And um, whether you have like MS or fibromyalgia, it's a similar concept. And those alternative medicines are not funded, you know, by insurance and such. So we want our nonprofit to help pay for all of those wellness treatments that like, make you feel your best for living your daily life. And, um, you know, being able to go to work and be able to hang out with your kids. And so um, we're like, super excited uh, about it.
2: <laughs> Thanks. That's so good. We need more people that are willing to step up and do these types of things to help each other. I think that's, you know, and that's why I, I just, I have such faith for our world is that Mm -hmm. we, we have people like you who will step up and, and take, you know, hold place for people like us who Mm -hmm. are struggling to, you know, just try to stay healthy. And then Mm -hmm. hopefully I can turn, turn this ship around and, and, you know, do something to give back. And, you know, every day I, you know, I asked God, what do you, what do you have for me today? How can I help you? How can I serve? And I think that we, if we all have that mindset, like you ladies, that this, I mean, everything could turn around and, and make such an impact for the next generation.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for saying that. It's just, I mean, it's it exciting. it feels like, I mean, Chelsea and I have really found kind of like our calling and passion and, um, we both continuously feel so grateful to be able to have conversations with people like you Mm -hmm. and, you know, other guests that we've had on the interviews. It's like, um, it is this, this world, like you said, this community and supporting one another and it feels right. And it feels good. And it feels like, I always feel like full in my heart, you know, when we get off of these calls, um, because yeah, you're just, I don't know, you're, getting to connect with people on a level that especially like right now doesn't feel like it's out there as much, you know, we're having to work a little bit harder. And so, um, my gosh, I just, I'm so grateful that you came on the show and I, and like selfishly, I had just been like, so curious. What was, you know, what was going on with you and your journey? And I cared. And like I said, we clicked so much last year that I was just heartbroken with your diagnosis and shocked. I was just like, what?
2: You know, and I knew,
0: (laughs) yeah, I knew how, how well you took care of your body. And, um, so I just, I really, I, I like wanted to chat with you. And then I was like, then I wanted to do coffee with you and just hang out. And I was like COVID and all the things. And, you know, so I just, this was a wonderful way to, to connect. And Chelsea, I feel like I did like all the talking. Do you have other wonderful things that you want to ask Denise before we end up wrapping up?
1: I can't think of any other questions, Denise. I just am very, very grateful too, that you came in and shared your Mm -hmm. story. I think you have an amazing outlook on just being positive. And I love that you not only are trusting kind of the more Western medicine, that's a little more kind of scientific, but you're also kind of willing to look past what just pure science can tell and look at like um, more Eastern practices and other things that seemed to have made a really big difference. And I hope that there's more people Mm. out there that are like, yeah, maybe it's not just the, the pharmaceuticals and the surgeries. Like there are other things out there that can make a really, really big difference in your health.
2: Yes, Mm. absolutely. That's the key is people. I mean, I really feel like people do need to know that there's more than what we know and what we understand. So tap into whatever you can tap into. Yeah. And, I mean I've been getting adjusted. I've been I mean just doing absolutely everything that mm-hmm. I feel is right in my gut. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we just have to follow our gut and go with our instincts and I know you girls do that and you do such a great job of it. So thank you. You're so you such a good example. <laughs> I love it. You are too. That's what we need.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please write us a review to help us reach more people like you. If you'd like to connect with Cassie and I, you can find us
1: on Instagram at The Real Spoonies Unite. You can also join our private Facebook community, Spoonies Unite, or you can visit our website, TheRealSpooniesUnite.com for all sorts of resources and to stay up to date with our current projects. And don't worry, you can find all
0: of these links in the show notes below. Thank you to our wonderful Spoonie patrons for all your support, and you can become one too. That's right. All you have to do is go on over to patreon.com slash therealspooniesunite, and you can get all sorts of extra goodies like videos of our episodes and more. Any support is greatly appreciated. It helps enable
1: us to create more content for all of you, as well as make this podcast sound better and better. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be back in your ears soon.